This is No Halos Here, hosted by Jen Lang and Jane Stark, the place to inspire a change in your consciousness to elevate the world. We're two heart-centered business owners nourishing our inner rebels while growing our respective businesses. No Halos Here is the result of bringing together an opera singer turned spiritual mentor and a marketing professional turned well-being coach to meditate daily. Together, we unite physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energies into a powerful presence to lead, heal, and inspire. We love exploring the shadowed edges of life, the universe, and beyond through honest and thought-provoking conversations. Let's dive in. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Halos Here with Jen Lang and Jane Stark. And today we have a really awesome guest, a really good friend of mine and fantastic person all around is Stasha Washburn, aka The Period Coach. So I'm actually going to hand it right over to Stasha to introduce herself because she does it best. So welcome to No Halos Here. Welcome, Stasha. Hi, ladies. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and have this chat with you. I love you. What can I say? Um, I'm Sasha the Period Coach, the bloody kind, not the grand <laughs> Right? Got to make that distinction up front. Yes. I don't like people to be, cur- you know, I don't like them to be in the dark. I just get into it right out of the gate. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I, uh, I work with menstruation and I have spent um, most of my menstruating life in fact trying to understand periods because mine was horrific right out of the gate and um and it was crappy and i hated every minute of it but i figured some things out along the way and the more i learned the more i was able to help other people and the more i started to figure out stuff for myself the more i realized we were terribly misinformed about periods in the menstrual cycle and how it's supposed to be and what it's supposed to be like and all that. So um, it really made me very angry. And so I had a, I had a different business at the time, but as I was trying to suss out what to do with my business and who my audience was and what my niche was, I kind of came to the realization that it just made me so mad that I really just wanted to focus on menstrual awareness. And that's when the period coach was born. And uh, yeah, and I've just been working on furthering the awareness around menstruation and the menstrual movement ever since. Wow. That's yeah. and we've definitely it's it has become more of a movement, would you say? Yeah, you know, when I started doing this, I had a hard time finding people in general. I remember trying to do a summit six years ago, maybe it might be more now, you know, and it's at a certain point you go, mm, that might be further in the past. And I think it is. <laughs> the last 18 do months a... doesn't help that either. No, no, are... it does not. <laughs> no. Yeah. I had a really hard time finding people who could speak on different parts. It's at one point I remember thinking, Oh God, I don't even care anymore. If they can just talk coherently about reproductive <laughs> hormones at all, I don't, I don't even care if there's somebody who works online. Like I really wanted to do it to help promote people who have online businesses and educate at menstruation awareness at the same time. But at some point I was like, okay, well, we'll just got to find some brick and mortar people too. I don't know. So, and then all of a sudden it just started to boom. And that was kind of awesome to watch actually. Yeah. So you've yeah, been kind of, totally. you could almost say you're, you're kind of one of the pioneers in this place. 
Yeah, it was very lonesome out there for a long time, but now there's lots of friends. <laughs> and you're also, you have a very distinctive approach. You know, like the title of your book, which is called The Revolution Will Be Bloody, mm-hmm. is is definitely a title designed to grab attention and to poke those places that people for so long, I like the, the, the whitewashing of periods, this book does not um, feed into that. It's definitely meant to like revolutionize the way we talk about our cycles, our menstrual cycles, and to approach the and address the lies that we were told or the half-truths even that we were exposed to growing up. And it, I mean, it's obviously it's multi-generational because we learned or not from our, from the women older than us and they learned or not from the women mm-hmm. in their circles. So I'm wondering if you can sort of describe for us what brought you into this space. You referred to your horrific periods when you were younger. Tell us a little bit more about your story around that, if you don't mind. Yeah, I am. Um... I had bad periods pretty much right out of the gate. And I'm, I don't really exactly remember when I got my first period. Um, and I don't know if that's because the very first one was sort of not terrible. And then I had a terrible one. And then that's the one that I remember, or if they were just terrible right out of the gate, uh, part of me is like, I think I may have blocked out some of these memories, but I, uh, they were pretty bad and they were bad in high school. And, um, I was blacking out. I would spend maybe the week before I would get my period feeling really faint and really weak and really tired and it would be painful and I would start having cramps days before I get my period and they would get worse and worse and worse until at some point I would just break out into a cold sweat, burn, just, you know, I'm Polish, I'm already a pale lady, but boy, I got even paler. And then I would just fall down and, and black out. And sometimes I come too quickly. Sometimes I woke up in the nurse's office a little later. Um, but I, so I would wake up just drenched in sweat and realize I'd, I'd gotten my period. And, you know, it took a, a one or two. It was not long for me to realize that was the connection there. And then I started knowing that that's just how it was. And then I would spend the next three days basically just throwing up from the pain so it, you can know, I remember being how, in the, what's that? Sorry, I was interrupting. I just, I can't imagine how traumatizing that would be, especially at that I'll, age. I'll be honest. I, I do EFT to this day with a practitioner because I am hundred percent aware that there is a level of PTSD mm-hmm. that I have to this day from right. that, the anxiety, not so much anymore, but that's because I've worked on specifically yeah. the PTSD element of it. So the anxiety and kind of the anxiety attacks that would come before just mm-hmm. knowing that it was coming up and even not having painful periods anymore, just knowing when I'm getting close to having my period, it's like, okay, all right, let's do a little few rounds of tapping and just remind my body that we're not going back there. It's not going to happen like that again. Mm-hmm. Even if it was the worst period I've had in years, it wouldn't even hold a candle to how bad it used to be. So just relax. It's okay. The easier you are, the easier it'll be. So, yeah. So that sounds, that's quite an experience. And I've, <laughs> not to like make the difference, but I'm really grateful for the relatively quote unquote normal experience that I had as a teenager, you know, with its own 
like, you know, awkward pieces and awkward bits, but I certainly wasn't blacking out and I certainly didn't have cold sweats. I do remember my mom had really bad migraines associated with her cycle Mm -hmm. and she would be bed bound for sometimes three days with migraines and light sensitivity and vomiting. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's not like it's not been within my circle, but I just didn't understand why she had it that way. So how did you come then to a place where you really knew you had to take responsibility for this aspect of self? Like, what was your experience with that well, the medical pretty, system? Yeah, pretty quickly. Because as much as I had a great doctor who did literally everything she could. I mean, she had me on every kind of birth control, experimental birth controls that have been pulled because they killed too many people. And since mm-hmm. all birth control kills oh, people, it's a lot that... <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, I was on prescription narcotics. I mean, we ramped up, you know, to prescription ibuprofen and ramped up and up and up until I was on basically the the highest level of painkiller that one could give a, you know, under 100 pound teenage girl. But it didn't make a dent in the pain. I was still blacking out in the shower, you know, dad's going, I think we need to call the ambulance. Mom's going, it's her period. What are they going to do? So... Wow. Yeah. It didn't really do anything. And it, you know, again, I'm, I don't, I'm not mad at my doctor. She did the best she could with the information that she had. And God bless her. Not only that, she was Native American and she went, okay, we're going off the book. We're going to try some other things. And she went like, I don't, I don't know. She came back with some things for me to try, but it didn't really make a difference. But only because I realized what I needed to do later, but I tried uh, right out of the gate. So even in college, I started reading books on like Ayurveda health or uh, reproductive health. What can you do to help uh, reduce hormonal imbalances? I, you know, I was trying herbs and all sorts of different modalities of living. You know, I was vegan for a long, for a while. I was vegetarian for a while. I mean, I really tried everything and surprisingly all of those things made me worse and it wasn't until I figured out what my actual food trigger was that all of those really kind of crazy extreme attempts at fixing it did not help in any way shape or form but uh yeah it took a it took a long time yeah so what was what is the piece that you found for you that's it turned out not to be just one thing but the first thing that I realized was gluten I had to let the gluten go and it took me two years of, and I gave up sugar. I gave up caffeine. I gave up a lot of things (laughs) along the way Um, that helped, (laughs) but it was really the gluten was the make or break. I know it sucked. And it was way before that was normal for Mm -hmm. like before gluten free was a thing. All the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You and the celiacs. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I was lucky enough to live in big cities with lots of foods. And I quickly discovered that, you know, Asian places were really good to go. Vietnamese, especially because lots of rice noodle dishes, Mm -hmm. you know, so I discovered it was much easier to just eat other cultures foods and be gluten free and still eat a lovely, amazing far too much amount of food in a day Um, (laughs) but yeah it was the gluten but the next thing was actually my lifestyle and that was when I as a classic overachiever and I'm just going to sum up my overachiever status to say I got two 
degrees in four years by going to college over credits all throughout the summer. And I had to stay on this. I had to have a 3.5 or higher to maintain my academic scholarship. And I had a talent scholarship and I had a work study. So overachiever. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. You might get the award there. Wow. I think of the three of us. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So I had to let that go. And that was hard. Yeah. Uh, but, Oof. you know, I had it, at that moment, I had reduced my pain and I was having much easier periods and I was eating very, very clean. And I had just started my health coaching business. So, you know, I was really like the living example of health coaching <laughs> and all the excitement one has when they start down that road. And uh, and I started running a business like I thought you you did. You worked 16 hour days. You know, come on. I was a bartender and a dancer and an education major. Like I was working all of the time everywhere all, and physically hard yep. work, dancing, working out, teaching Pilates yeah. and yoga and ballet bar. And yeah, so I, I was burning the candle at both ends. And then I started a business on top of it and and all of my symptoms came right back. I was right back to the floor of my bathroom, mm-hmm. begging for somebody to just take me outside and shoot me because it would be less painful. And, uh, and that's when I went, well, I can't do anything else to my diet. There's nothing left to give up. So it has to be has to my lifestyle mm-hmm. and lifestyle I have to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, that's another personal responsibility thing. You know, you have to be able to say, here's my boundaries and I'm not willing to sacrifice my health or well-being in order to accomplish things. I can accomplish things and stay healthy and, and well. Oh, that's such good so, advice. That you is. Can accomplish things and still be healthy and well. Yeah. yeah. Worth repeating. So... Around that, can you go a little bit more into that? Because that's a really big mindset shift. I've gone through my own journey of that. Um, But I would love to hear a little bit of that time for you and what you did and what you found helped you through that part of it. It was kind of fun, if I'm honest, because (laughs) I was experimenting on myself and my business and my clients. And we, you know, I would, I would do things like, all right, I read the study that, you know, verbal skills are linked to estrogen levels. So I'm going to look at what I'm doing in my business that involves verbal skills. And I'm going to start doing it when I know that my estrogen is highest and I'm going to see what happens. And I'm going to take that off my plate when I know my estrogen is lowest. And I'm not going to force myself to try and write copy, for example, or, you know, record a, a video uh, when I know my estrogen is at its lowest points. And I started doing that and it was like, oh, it's so much easier. Like I got everything done this month, but like it was way easier. And I started noticing that I was getting just as much done every month, but I was having more time, more free time. So I was like, okay, that, okay, we're done. Awesome. What's next? And I was able to really see more space in my schedule. And of course I, crammed it with other tasks as a classic overachiever <laughs> does and got burnt and had a really crappy period and went right, right, right. Can't, cannot do that. And I sometimes <laughs> think if I didn't have that level of pain to smack me around when I got too far off track, I mm-hmm. might not be as, as uh, a firm believer in it as I am, but it is, um, it's 
huge the difference that you can have and then just started planning my life with it too it was like okay let's go do these hikes during this phase and you know let's take a yoga class during this phase and you know what no i'm not doing anything i'm going to the hot tub and if you need me i'll be there for the day just napping and in the hot tubs and just kind of staying with my flow and with my cycle and it just made everything so much easier and so all my symptoms were reduced most of them were eliminated completely the last few are, are far more reduced than they used to be and and i do have a couple of red flags you know if i start getting a headache i know if i push it too far it'll be a migraine and i'll be mm. back in a cold dark room or it'll turn my cramps up high and i'll be back under the heating pads so i know that there's limits but so what about thank you for sharing all of that and especially for some of our listeners who may not be familiar with the variations in the hormonal cycle they might have just been you know bought into the thing like oh this is my cranky time or this is my tired time as opposed to so can you just give a sort of a really brief overview of the I think it's the four major seasons of that mm -hmm. cycle for our listeners who may not be familiar yeah, absolutely. So like you said, if you think of it as seasons, it really helps to get where you're going. So if you think of menstruation, when you have your period as your winter phase, it's very introverted. It's usually quieter, calmer, more chill. Um, and that's okay. It, it used to be very much that like revered time where it was more chill. And to now it's like, okay, so just, you know, if you've got friends and they have kids and you have kids, send the kids somewhere else for a play date around that time. You know, give yourself a little peace of mind and be, you know, you can take them when you're in, say, your next phase, follicular, when you're in your spring phase or even ovulation in summer. And you can kind of make your life a little easier in those little ways. Uh, in business, it's really good for big visioning time. So like when you're all cozied up and curled in, for winter, it's a great time to dream about the bigger vision. You know, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your business to look like? What are the values that you hold dear? And if you revisit that every month in menstruation, you'll stay on track. You'll stay so much more focused. You won't get distracted by things nearly as much. And you'll still be in a really authentic alignment with your business and your life, which is a big thing of keeping productive and getting things accomplished as we want to do. <laughs> right. So follicular is springtime, energy is rising, hormones are rising, it's more energy, totally just go with that. And foods are very much the same. Like what are those springtime greens, those citrusy uh -huh. things, those lighter foods, those more detoxing things, spring, right? That's what it's mm -hmm. for. Summer, ovulation, peak extroversion, peak energy, peak all of that stuff, peak hormones, peak testosterone, so peak confidence as well. Mm -hmm. mm. And then, you know, we come out of, of summer because if we don't, you'll live in a desert soon enough. And you can't, <laughs> that's not where life happens. So we have to come out of summer. I'm sorry. <laughs> and into fall, into late summer, into autumn. And, and enjoy that kind of stepping down of the energy and moving from extroversion to introversion, from the outer world to the inner world. And that's actually a really great time to stay, uh, take stock of things, you know, really see like what you want to get done, what didn't get done, do your evaluations, do your reviews, look at things, don't judge them, just 
go gather the numbers and put them on a spreadsheet or, you know, look at what worked and what didn't work. You don't need to evaluate it. You just kind of need to take stock of it and then put on your list for the next round what's going to carry over, what's not. And just that simple act of looking into the seasons and the energies of going through that circle Mm -hmm. makes an enormous shift in... I mean, when you come out of ovulation and your confidence dips, everyone I know starts to blame themselves for, oh, my business isn't as far as long as it should be, or, oh, my marriage isn't as good as it should be, or <laughs> my house looks like crap, or I'm failure. And it always gets turned in. Uh, I failed at my diet. I failed. I didn't, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you didn't think you were supposed to do. And And when you go, oh, it's just because my testosterone levels have diminished and I just don't have that like artificial confidence (sighs) boost going on. It doesn't make me any less capable than I was yesterday. I just don't have that extra hormonal boost. And it's so much easier to go, oh, that's fine then. I'm good. I can do this. Just keep going. I got to pay attention to that now. That's something that's a great little takeaway because starting to notice when I start to have those thoughts and mm-hmm. correlate that fascinating. Uh-huh. It's yeah. interesting. Cause I've known, Oh, it's finished up Jane. If you want. Nope. That was the okay. Thought. Cause I've, I think I've been around your, like your information and your work Sasha for at least two to three years now. And, and then we've always become closer over the past year with our sort of mostly weekly check-ins, <laughs> which is fun with you and Meredith. And so as I've gotten to know your work more deeply and apply it to my life and to my business, I have noticed those hormonal shifts and changes. And I am making more decisions from that place of, okay, is this a good week to be doing filming? Probably not. So I'll just reschedule that. Mm -hmm. And now making more active decision making around, you know, you don't even have to be in business to be paying attention to these issues because or sort of these situations are not issues it is how it is yeah so you pay attention to your hormonal cycle and eat accordingly and i especially love the eating accordingly yeah. i've noticed for myself like i love coffee from ovulation onwards but i don't love it as of day one as soon as i bleed i'm like nope <laughs> so it's just something about the flavor profile and same with similarly um dark chocolate from from follicular, don't get me wrong, I love dark chocolate, but I've noticed that I enjoy it more from ovulation onwards mm-hmm. rather than earlier. That's yeah, very, and those are two those are two things that come up in ovulation because it's again it's that peak high young energy and those are two really high energy yeah. foods, you know, obviously mm-hmm. stimulants. Um, yeah. and that's and the and they have those warming and stimulating um, well, profiles to them that for some people that's perfect for other people like myself, if I had anything stimulating aside from like a really good char- chocolate, but like if I had caffeine, even a decaf from throughout the luteal phase from ovulation to menstruation, I would have terrible cramps. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I've noticed for women that have pelvic pain, not just necessarily endometriosis pain, but pelvic pain in general, kind of cramps or lower back aches or even intestinal issues, you know, if you're feeling gassy or bloated or constipated or not, uh, the, um, the caffeine stimulant can really affect that. And I, you know, part of it's because it's harder on our liver. And as women, we don't 
go through it as quickly mm-hmm. as men do. Men can process mm-hmm. it in like an hour or something. And for us, it takes about 24 hours. So oh, I, didn't know I don't know if it's just different. more taxing. Yeah, I mean, different things have different times, but I'm pretty yeah. sure caffeine is is about 24 hours for most women. And that's our livers are also taxing more because we're processing all of these hormonal uh, estrogens and progesterones and things constantly. So I don't know yeah, if it's that. Yeah, and then but... depending on where you're at with that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going through some hormonal stuff right now with liver detox and trying to move some of my estrogen through faster. So that's mm-hmm. really interesting, right? And looking at when there's other things that play in the body too. Yeah, exactly. Wow, super valuable. So I'm curious, like through your journey and through this lens of taking radical responsibility for your health, one of the things that Jen and I have kind of played around with a lot as we've been exploring this idea is what is it in us that drives us or not to take that level of responsibility. So it sounds like for you, I mean, there's obviously the element of it was quite extreme in terms of your pain and your, your situation. And But is there other things or have you, if you were to stop to think about that, what what do you feel it is that brought you to this place of healing? You know, I think a lot of it has to do with the inequalities of it. And the um, there's a lot of inequalities in menstruation. There's just the obvious, which is that people who bleed are weaker than those who don't. So those who menstruate are weaker. And it's, you know, if you look at the literature from the 1800s and 1900s, it's not subtle. I mean, they straight up say, oh, well, you know, women can't be whatever because they are too weak for wheat out of the month to be capable of any kind of job or any kind of thing. Um, and there, you'll, we will never have equality as a species if we think the ones who menstruate are less than the ones who don't. So that for me is a really driving force to just keep the education out there. I, you know, one of my favorite things to talk about is the super, the superpowers each phase of our cycle has each different shift has, you know, there's the menstrual phase is not worse than because you can't Mm -hmm. maybe go out and do a, you know, a a 16 hour workday. I mean, maybe you can, and some people can for sure, but most of us would rather not. And uh, there's no reason that that's a bad thing, though, because the concept of these insane work days in Mm -hmm. and of itself is a whole nother discussion. But (laughs) we're just never going to get to equality. And then if you add into it income inequality and menstruation, now we're talking about loss of school days. Lots of girls don't graduate from high school because they can't go when they're bleeding. And so they have to drop out. It's also a target for uh, human trafficking, for uh, all sorts of, of really terrible things, sex trafficking, because when that happens, it's a signal in, in lots of places. Child marriage, it's still legal in a lot of the United States. So, you know, everyone look at your own backyard. It's legal yeah. in a lot of places. Churches can get away with it, even if it's not necessarily legal in some places. So it's legal in Canada, too, in some yeah. provinces. Yeah. 
It's and it's all tied about. back to this idea that, oh, well, you know, you're menstruating and therefore you're only good for making babies. You are a walking incubator and that is your entire purpose on the planet. And it's, it makes me crazy. And that keeps me out there sharing the information constantly and consistently uh, and trying to educate as many people as humanly possible in my lifetime because it's not going to end in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Personally, for me, it makes life so much easier. My relationship is way easier because we have a common language where I can say, hey, babe, I'm moving into follicular. Get that hot ass over here. Or I can say, <laughs> hey, it. babe, I'm moving into Loodle. And he goes, okay, I get the chocolate and the massage oil out. You know, like <laughs> we can have conversations. We understand, you know, he knows like, oh, we're going to be eating a lot of salads right now because we're, you know, she's in follicular and she's going to be wanting salads. Awesome. And he'll, you know, it's just... It's Play so along. much easier. Activities, what we're doing, everything is just so much easier. And then, of course, my business. I I could never accomplish nearly as much as I have if I didn't do things really, truly in flow while not burning out, while never having a panicked launch, while never having a like, horrifying crunch. Everyone who works with me is just like, oh, this is so different from normal. You mean we have two months to get ready for this? Like, this is fantastic. So, you know, even assistants that I've had that have just gone back to other places and been like, we're going to make some changes in the way that this business works because this was so much easier. It's just easy. When we pay attention to that yeah. cycle, to our yeah. natural rhythms and cycles, yeah. instead of trying Everything. to fit into the perceived box of or what society tells us a quote-unquote cycle should be mm -hmm. it's actually not true so when we start to tune into our own superpowers so can you um can you ask actually talk about briefly like one superpower from each of the four seasons oh yeah well the demonstration listeners? right yeah. big vision see yeah. you know take stock take a moment big vision let the you know like let divine inspiration or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it come to you draw a color get creative whatever it does that helps you um, follicular, you're really good at figuring out how things work. So, you know, if you want to try something or try something new or take a group class or study something or um, figure out how to do something or, you know, build something or um, figure out how to do a, a, you know, email sequence for the first time or whatever it mm -hmm. is, really like get in there and do stuff. You're really good at the how things. Ovulation is a do phase just go out there and do go live life. You know, like if you wanted to try that boot camp class, now's the time. If you want to you give yourself the challenge and ovulation, you know, if you want to go jump out of a plane, book it for ovulation. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Um, and then Loodle is your what phase. So um, what worked, what didn't work, what could be better? What could we do more of, you know, don't look on one side of the coin. Your tendency in Loodle is to go into the pessimistic, side of things don't let yourself just live in the what could be better what is also kicking ass and taking names like you know look mm -hmm. up both sides of the coin there but um it's what would uh what why how do what would hermione do that helps <laughs> <laughs> i love yeah, hermione <laughs> but what is yeah. luteal why is menstrual how is follicular do is ovulation awesome love thank it. you 
that's now all our clear. listeners are frantically going and figuring out where they are in their cycle. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So obviously that brings me to with my next question is for some of our listeners who maybe don't menstruate for a variety of reasons, they're either into menopause or for a variety of other purposes, yeah. they identify as a woman. Um, what can they do when they don't necessarily have the hormonal, the same hormonal yeah. shifts? I've heard some moon tracking. Do you want, do you mm-hmm. want to touch briefly on that? Yeah, and we actually talk about this in uh, Tai Chi and Taoism. For and we're actually my my boyfriend who does uh, Tai Chi has taught for twenty plus years. We are ta- we're actually talking about making a chart specifically for non menstruators that does mm-hmm. kind of the same thing but using the moon as the base. Love it. So because he's been doing it and finding. Uh, so much illumination just from working, you know, living with my cycle and the moon because I'm paying attention to that as well. Um, So basically menstruation equals the new moon, winter, dark, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And ovulation, summer, full moon. So that higher energy. And I, and I, you know, most people understand that there's some level of having higher energy and during the full moon sometimes you get restless sleep it's harder to sleep or you find you know people are out on the town getting a little crazier than normal and vice versa around the new moon you find people are more inclined to say no i'm just gonna stay home and Mm -hmm. relax love it that's powerful that's super powerful so where can people find out more about how you work and some other resources that they've there if you've really piqued our listeners curiosity today which i'm i love i love your work already so that's like a no-brainer but if they want to find out more how can they get in touch with you and what do you have going on yeah so i always have flow freedom it is a course that you can jump into that teaches you the phases of the cycle and how to bring balance in them using things like food smell touch movement you know working out journaling. So we go through my sensual system, which is essentially your six senses and how each of those senses can bring balance into your cycle. And it's just, it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of experimentation. And once you're in, you're in forever and it's just a joy to do. Um, And then for those of you who are in business or have um, clients who menstruate or you yourselves menstruate, I have period coaching school so that's really going in deeper than then we start talking about things like, you know, your business and your flow and in different aspects of menstruation and working with clients and being able to help clients. So no matter what kind of coach you are, you can start integrating that into your clients uh, homework, essentially, making sure you're not assigning them things that could potentially be making it harder for them to balance their mm-hmm. hormones. You know, like you don't want to give someone a cleanse right before their period or a seated meditation right at mm-hmm. ovulation or There's just so many bits and pieces that can be put into flow that for coaches, I think it's really important if you're working for yourself or menstruating clients to just understand and and get how it all works. So you can really help them best and at the very least not cause more damage. Right. So (laughs) making it easier. So, yeah. And is this type of um, your offerings, obviously maybe not so much the period coaching school, but um, Sorry, was it Flow Freedom? Is that the mm-hmm. name of the course? Yeah. Would you say it's it's adaptable to kind of any age or a certain age? Like I have two daughters, um, which is partly why I'm asking and very I curious. Think, 
Totally. I think that it depends on the mom and it might be something that you do and you distill down. We do yeah, talk about yeah. libido and therefore okay. we talk about sex and it's in there yeah. um, because it is a part of your hormonal balance and, and understanding how yeah. you feel. And it's a good gauge on where you are in your cycle as well when you understand that aspect. Um, so for the most part, like 90% of it, I think most kids are, are pretty you know, can get yeah, it. I and mean, when if you get uh, to that place, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that's exactly. Good to know. But I always like say, you say, you know, moms, moms watch first. Yeah. Yeah. And just to distill down, because, yeah, like I say, having two girls and knowing I'm going to be in that, those phases and being able to educate them or, and support them and guide them through feels just so empowering. And compared mm-hmm. to, again, the way I think many of us grew up, right? Like, again, it's nothing that, uh, you know, my mom, I know, did the best she had she could with the information she had, but it just wasn't, we just weren't taught this stuff. We weren't, this stuff was never talked about, at least for me growing up. No, most of the women that I've talked to. Well, you have to to keep normalize this. Yeah. We, women's history was oral history, right? We were not allowed to read and write in most cultures worldwide in general. Uh, So it was orally handed down. And when, uh, you know, the witch hunts happened in Europe and and spread around the world, uh, we lost a lot of that oral history because it went on for multiple generations. I mean, not just years, decades, a long time. And and we lost it. We didn't just lose a generation. We lost many generations. And so that gap between our, you know, learned wisdom that was taught and handed down you know wise woman to wise woman was just eradicated completely literally burned at the stake so Mm -hmm. we lost a lot of that and that's where we're rebuilding and you know on the plus side we're the more that we do this work and we talk about it and we get it out there the more people start asking their doctors things the more their doctors start going oh maybe i should start learning some of this stuff the more doctors start pushing for more studies the more studies we get done so you know, as we bring things back from older cultures that are being remembered and reborn and, and brought out into the world, we're also learning more and getting more science that backs things up. Like we now know hanging out with your girlfriends is actually good for your hormonal balance. Hmm. It's been yeah. studied. We know that's actually good for you. So, you know, it went from like girls night to actually it's, it's good for your, your hormones. <laughs> So interesting to think about the implications of that over the past year and a half, though, for countries who've been in severe lockdown, mm-hmm. where you haven't, you know, that's mm-hmm. a really so if you're listening to this, and you've had a lot mm-hmm. of particularly strict lockdowns looking at you, Australia, and parts of Europe, <laughs> uh, then definitely get out with your girlfriends when you can, because it sounds like it's mm-hmm. a really such a beautiful way to rebalance and support one another in ways beyond simply social interaction yeah and you have to be you know it's okay for your period to do weird things you know like when we all went into lockdown i started plastering my social media with you guys your period's gonna be late it's gonna be early it's gonna be longer it's gonna be heavier it's gonna be more painful it's gonna be less heavy it's gonna do crazy things because this is a high stress level and that changes your hormonal balance and that's okay it's, it, that's the beauty of our cycles is they come month after month after month. So if you have a wobbly couple of cycles, it's just you can get back into balance and it's not a bad thing. It's not hurting you in any way. It's just your body got out of balance and it's like you get the flu. 
you get the flu and a lot of times you have a late period or you have an early period or something goes wrong because your body goes, you know what, we're not making a baby right now. We're going to just work on staying alive. And then next month we'll come back to this section and that's okay. It's what it's supposed to do. It's exactly how your body protects you, keeps you safe. You know, after my vaccine, I, my period was a little late and I perfectly, but still within my realm of normal because I chart and have been charting for years and I know where my extremes lie. I know when it's, I know the shortest it goes. I know the longest it goes and I know exactly what those circumstances are. So I went, I'm getting my second dose. I'm probably going to have a late period this month. It's probably all come around day 30, 32. Cause that's my outside and like beautiful yeah. clockwork day 31. And I, yeah. but mm-hmm. I knew it normally I get it on day 26. So normal people would be going, Oh my God, my period the week late. I'm late. Somebody who yes. charts and knows goes, I don't expect it to come for a few more days this month. It'll be fine. And because that's, that's exactly really... what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point to kind of help with some of that narrative that we did here. Little... Yeah. I was going to say too, and that is a way that our listeners can actually start taking radical responsibility for their own health and for their cycle is start charting and char- start mm-hmm. tracking. Mm-hmm. And I have noticed that since I have, even if it's just as simple as noting what day you're on in your cycle at first, like I have a morning spiritual practice. And part of that now is like, I'm on day one, I'm on day two, I'm on day five, you know, that's, that mm-hmm. at least gives me some context. And then I keep it more detailed. I use an app, mm-hmm. but I also, you know, I've, I know that Stasha has a beautiful mandala um, fan tracking, coloring things. So if you're totally into coloring, just coloring doesn't do it for me. So I actually keep a spreadsheet where I can track things. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. She needs that masculine structure. Oh, I had spreadsheets for years. The reason yeah. I did mandala was because I was like, oh, God, not another spreadsheet. I need something fun, <laughs> in my fun and creative. <laughs> hey, but that's but where we're all unique, right? Find Whatever works. works. Whatever works. So I think that's a radical responsibility piece that all of our listeners can do is to start. If you don't already track, start tracking today. And day one is the first day you bleed. Correct. Yes. Yes. But always start tracking today. Yes. Whatever it is. I just got an email from somebody who downloaded the fan, which is free, by the way, if anyone wants it. Yeah. Um, And she said, you know, oh, I can't wait to start this when I get my next period. And I emailed her back and said, absolutely not. You start today. Yeah, like, just oh, start. Okay. Just because it's building a habit. Mm-hmm. You're never going to build a habit by starting on day one and waiting for day one because you'll do it for a couple of days and then you'll forget. And that's normal. Right. You'll go three, mm-hmm. four months of starting on day one, but not getting through to the end of the cycle. Don't just start today, work on building the habit. Know that for the next three months, your only goal is to remember and track it wherever you are. Just write it down, however you're choosing to do it. But just so how do you, so when you say start today and just track it, what are they tracking? Like, say you're not on your period. I, well, I use the, my mandala. So on my mandala, you would do things like where's the moon phase? How much energy did you have today? What was your moods like? Were you happy, sad, introverted, extroverted, angry, whatever? Uh, Did you have cervical mucus? Did you have any libido? I have a libido section. So, you know, did you feel turned on? Did you have sex? If you did, did you use contraception or not? If you're, you know, doing Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. for contraception. But for most part, you know, did you feel turned on or not? You know, like those kinds of things can really help you. And then, you know, how, how did you eat? I like to just, 
I don't judge what I'm eating. I just say, did I eat in flow today? You know, did I have something that will support my hormones in the phase of the cycle I'm in? Um, and digestion. So all of those things mm -hmm. are things you can track every day, no matter what, where you are. And then you can add in when you get to your period, you know, did I have symptoms? And even leading into your period, you know, did, did you, were you feeling more fatigued today? Did you have a bit of brain fog? Or did you feel bloated? Did you have four boobs? You know, all those little things <laughs> that lead into your yeah. period, you can yeah. start noting them. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, I, I need to get better with tracking specifically around that, but you know, even just from myself starting to really, truly pay attention to my body and how it's feeling on multiple different levels has been such a life-changing difference to just start to notice. Right. And it, like you say, it is, it does, it is a habit that you have to start getting into, but when you start to form that habit, it's amazing. The patterns you really can start to mm -hmm. see, and then things start to make sense and then they become easier to change. So I would say that the power is in the pattern. Once you, the power is in the mm -hmm. recognition of the pattern. Mm -hmm. So that is actually also taking radical responsibility for your health is actually, that's part of reclaiming your power is finding that pattern, figuring out what works for you and cultivating that. Yeah. Not ignoring Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing. I use the, I use the analogy that we are so used to running away from our periods, right? Take my doll use a tampon, discreet, disposable, get rid of it, try not Hide to it. let anyone know you're, that's happening, yeah. you know, take your birth control back to back to back so you never get a period, like, right? That's a selling point. Never have a period yep. again. Yeah, yeah, uh, right? I, yeah, we're taught to like, oh, I've got my period, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, literally wrote that sentence as the opening line in my newsletter for now. <laughs> oh, I've got my period today. How many times are you going to say that? You're going to say that 436 more times in your life, something like that. I forget what the exact number is, but the average oh. number of periods a woman ha or menstruator has in their life. Or, or radical idea, you could turn around and embrace it. Mm -hmm. and figure out what's happening if it's bad and okay i know what bad is like i yeah. still had to turn around and embrace it and figure out a way to make yeah. this livable and not just livable but thrivable because okay. I, I don't want to just survive i do want to thrive and i had to but the only way to do that was to turn around and go okay this is horror show how do i find a way through this that that's not going to be a continuous horror show for the rest of my life. So you do have to turn. Wow. That's, and... that's inspiring. And I that's hope so that for people out there that do have, you know, a hard time or harder periods that that gives people some hope. Yeah. There's ways to turn it around. It is. And then for those of you who most of us who have, you know, PMS, cause you know, 90% mm -hmm. of the population has some level of PMS. Mm -hmm. The rest of us should have a much easier time to turn around and go, okay, you know what? Let's figure this out. This doesn't have to be something I'm running away from. There's no real reason to run away from it other than the cultural conditioning. So what mm -hmm. if I turned around and went into this and decided to really learn and embrace it? And, and, and turns out you can really enjoy a whole cycle if you come to it with a different perspective. Oh, and it's true. Amazing. Turn it around. Mm -hmm. Any more questions, Shane? I think this is a beautiful no, note to I think wrap I was up on. Just gonna say the same. So for our listeners, where can they find you? 
Yeah. So you can go to theperiodcoach.com and that's got my book and flow freedom and the Freeman doll on that good stuff. And if you're interested in the school, periodcoachingschool.com is where the school lives. And if you're looking for a period coach, our graduates are starting to get populated on the page. So if you have a specific need, you might even find a period coach on there. That's perfect for you. So you certify. I certify. Yeah. So at the end of the school, you can choose to do the certification level or not. That's fine. But I know some people come because they just want to work on their own stuff. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we we have a certification as well. And you can get certified and be listed on the site at the end. Beautiful. And are you on anywhere on social media that people can follow you if they just want to to get a feel? At Sasha Washburn on everything. (laughs) So we'll we'll include all those. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we're saying the same thing. We'll put the links in the show notes. Absolutely. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Stasha. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your experience, um, and the power behind like, owning your cycle, which is mm-hmm. such a beautiful superpower. I kind of wish I'd known it 20 years ago. However, you know, start where you're at, right? Start where you're at. So I have start today. Totally, <laughs> yep, exactly. Start today. If you're inspired by this episode, please do. Um, check it out check out the links go find out more about stasha and we until next time uh we're gonna sign off with a big goodbye and say thank you everyone for tuning in have a great day bye thank you thanks for joining us for these conscious combos if you're ready to dive deeper head on over to wearejenandjane.com to continue the conversation If you loved this episode, please take a moment to share it with your friends or your network and leave us a review by going to Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at wearejenandjane and let us know what you enjoy and what you would like to see more of. We'd love to hear from you. 